Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose a subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. Get your podcast for free 99. We're back. It's Monday. Nat is here. Um, <laughs> wow. That's all I get? That's the beginning of what you get. How about you be patient for like once in your life? How about you just be patient? Because yeah. if you'd let me, I would have said how happy I am for you. How um, excited I am for you to be getting this journey. Because if those who don't know, you're not just talking to some guy who comes on the podcast sometime. You're talking to a married man. Nana, congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as someone that like you've seen how this all burned down mm -hmm. for this to come back, like the Phoenix rising from the ashes, like quite literally, like, thank you. And I say this and I hate to do this, like, cause I know how much you hate praise, but thank you for your friendship because without your friendship, I'm probably not here. So I'm not probably not in the social space. So without that and without your friendship, like, I'm not here. So thank you so much. That means a lot to me. I I honestly take zero credit for it. But I also um I, whatever it took to get you here. I'm really glad that you this this is exciting. This is one of those things where you're like, man, just keep on doing your thing. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. And that's what you did. You're treating yourself and treat what you want out of this world and you're getting it, man. And I'm happy for you. Um, enough of that shit. Let's talk about things that are hilarious. You know what's hilarious? A bunch of dudes trying to tackle Cam Newton. Is it funny in the NFL? Yep. Is it funny in college? Yep. Was it funny at Westlake High School? Of course it was. Was it funny this weekend in Atlanta, I believe, 7-on-7 seven seven tournament when some people from the <clears throat> TSP crew decided that they were going to try to assault one Cameron Newton? Now. I want to make something very clear. Like, I'm not a small person. Yeah. I yeah, would not is... run up on Cameron Newton. I can't think of the things that would have to occur for me to decide I'm going to try to tackle uh, Randy Gregory, who is his closest comp at the Combine physically. <laughs> Randy Gregory, yeah, you're thinking, what's well, a defensive end? Exactly. Like, like the thing is, like, I'm shit, like, I've shared, like, I've had to go in and do press scrums with Cam Newton. Do you know the first person I'm choosing? Like, if he stepped on my Jordan 3s, like the rare Jordan 3s I got, do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sorry, sorry my, my foot was in your way. Shoe. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, we're not doing this. Like, in what they clearly weren't in their right mind. And this is one of those things where the, where you believe your own online bullshit enough to believe that you and five other guys could fight Cam Newton. And the crazy part to this whole situation is, at least for me, is, is just there, this man wasn't taken out by a car accident. He got into a car accident on Friday, played Sunday. Nada. What do you think you five were gonna do? This is this is the beauty of being a certain age because you and I's brain went to that exact moment because he got in that car wreck and the first picture of this motherfucker on the side of the road, he's flashing that billion dollar smile and you're like, oh, he just figured out he's invincible. I've seen this movie. Like, 
He's done the math and he cannot be broken. Like, like, that's he gets in a fight training camp where he's not wearing a, a helmet anymore and he's got a grin on his face while he manhandles a cornerback. Now, mind and, and the thing is, and your, like, and Palm, your plan is to fight this man, like, Palm. And that here's the thing about that, that cornerback Josh Norman had an imaginary horse named Pepe, kind of like Chavo Guerrero Jr. So, again, for the, the wrestling stuff, and the wrestling stuff and the football stuff com combines and all of that. But at the same point, he had the imaginary horse named Pepe, and he fought him. And that's the only other dude that we ever knew that fought Cam Newton. Think about the mind state you must be in to even attempt to do this. Like, I need people to really, 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 really think about this stuff. Like, And I know that, like, there's a pros versus Joe's mentality, and everyone thinks, oh, social media means we're closer – you're not close to being Cam. Cam Newton won a national title with zero other NFL players in his office. I think no, they had one. I think one guy got drafted on the defense, but I'm talking about alone. It's the like, single greatest college football season of all time. And he did it by himself. And the, like it looks like a father playing with children. And maybe, maybe these were teenagers, but I have a feeling that these were grown men. And they just happen to be teenager size, especially when attending. You realize he whipped their asses and didn't throw a punch. Exactly. Yeah, that was the best part. That he was some big like brother shit. Like, hey man, y'all get the fuck. Off. Just throw them. Just oh my gosh. I mean, it's the funniest thing I've seen in quite a while, because it's just we we needed this reality check. Let's be real here. There's enough of this world star shit that goes on to where. People think that, oh, we can pull this off. We can do that, everything else. No, you can't. You know what so, the craziest part about all this is? What's the craziest part? The whole thing is a lesson in restraint. Because Cameron Newton yeah. could have wrecked those poor children. And I, again, they might be grown-ups. I don't know. You looked like a child. So I'm going with child. And if it is a child, and they're making bad decisions because they're a child, it doesn't make it any smarter. It doesn't make it any more forgivable. This is all. I don't care who it is. Two teen, two children in a trench coat, bad idea. Teenagers, bad idea. Adults, sirs, the worst idea you've ever had. Because if you're an adult, that means you saw this man do those things. Yeah, depending on someone who told you they saw Cam Newton run over people, you saw it. You knew. You knew. Yeah, absolutely, they knew. But here's the thing: like, if these are adults. And we have to get into this part. If you're a parent of, if you're a parent on this team, like I'm pulling these kids tonight, tomorrow, because clearly you lack the judgment skills to coach my child to do anything. What? What I'm learning, and I don't like what I'm learning. And I think I'm learning it more. And we'll talk. I, I don't know how to say. There's no way to say this on air. Yes, sir. Okay, there's a great George Carlin joke, and I've told you this in relation before. Yes. Think of the average American. <laughs> yes. The hatred, the stupidity, the bigotry, the, the, the anger, the displacement. Now remember that average means average. That means half of them are worse than that. Yeah. So where you and I say that's an immediate turnoff, there's some parent who's like, well, at least the coach got heart. No. Yes, <laughs> that person exists. 
I, I would like to think that person doesn't exist, but you're probably right. Like, and that's the sad part to this. That's a horrible part. Because, <laughs> you know, it's also crazy because it's Atlanta. The TSP crew, and I am old and washed. It took me a while to figure out it was a training facility. <laughs> I was like, is this an offshoot of what's happening with uh, the, 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 the trial? Like, what's happening? Like, you don't know. Atlanta just initials getting thrown around. I can't have it. Now, mind you, here's the craziest part of this, and I know everybody's brought it up, but the hat not felt like moving an inch. Like, how are you not even ruffling that man's hat? Like, think about that. You can't break a crumb. You can't ruffle an already ruffled hat. He's been in a fight with his stylist for like seven years now. And the Long stylist day. is whooping his ass. <laughs> That's the only fight Cam Newton's lost. Cam Newton doesn't even know he's losing it. Cam Newton did an interview before the Super Bowl where he talked about that stupid emoji fucking uh, keyboard. Do you realize how much I should be able to hate Cam Newton, Nana? Yeah, I get it. Motherfucker went to Westlake. Westlake's very good at football. My high school wasn't. Then he played at Florida. I'm a Georgia fan. Eat shit. He's kicked out of Florida. Then he goes to Auburn and does the thing we talked about. Then he goes to Carolina and tortures the team I cheered for at the time twice a year. You know why I couldn't hate him? Because all the racists hated him too. So for years, I had to quietly like black quarterbacks support this asshole. Same. And now, Same. now that then he became a patriot. I couldn't even enjoy that because I was on the same side as all the bigots. Well, today, for the first time in my life, I can earnestly say I was cheering for Cam Newton. Listen, listen. You little motherfuckers run up on me. I'm not Cam. I'm swinging for the fences because in my mind, in my life, the way I was raised, if it's more than one of y'all, I don't have to fight fair anymore. It's true. Fair's out the window. <laughs> fair, fair. What the fuck is fair? There's two of y'all. But there they're were seven. There were two of them. There were seven of them, and they didn't. They didn't break skin. They break skin. They couldn't get a hold of this motherfucker. He was holding them. He that dude's on camera saying Cam Newton can't throw, and then he's getting thrown by Cam Newton, and that yeah. ain't some shit. <laughs> that man. And- like that's like I I have a funny relationship with Cam because again Cam did the whole what do you know about running well, routes so one of my best worked, friends. Uh, Nat, you don't know Nat worked for years in the Charlotte uh, market, and obviously his job intersects with Cam. Yeah. So again, he said he said what do you know about running routes to one of my best friends? I'm not going to name name her. Again, you can look it up. You know who it is. He has done and said some stuff under the guise of Frank Luntz, who was his PR manager at the time, that makes you cringe. Can I just say really quickly, people may not know this, go Google Frank Luntz. And then when you see it and you're like, that can't be the right guy, know that it is. Know that that's exactly who you need to be Googling, who was Cam Newton's PR man for years. Mind you, given to him by the now dead owner Jerry Richardson. 
Don't don't pass that buck. No, 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 no. That it's not fully passing the buck because clearly Cecil and Cam approved of this man, and they share some beliefs. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of overlap. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of overlap. But that 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 goes into a whole other podcast about the black church, and we can't do that. And the encore, so, where I make a lot of jokes, people get mad at. <laughs> That's true too. That's true too. But it, it's just like. This is one of the few times where I felt good about rooting for Cam. It's it's one of the few times because there again that podcast. Oh boy, who boy. Well, we'll talk. That is actually a topic later on. Um, athletes and podcasts. Yes. That I may not get into with you honestly because I think you and I could do a couple hours on that. Yes, we could. <laughs> like some of you are very good at this. Jeff Teague, here's a golden microphone. Continue flourish. Some of y'all like Barnes. hearing yourselves. Some of y'all like hearing yourselves talk. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And you found you found what I would call a money mark. But enough about Tony Khan. Um, <laughs> Cam, Cam Newton is quarterback of the past. Let's talk now about quarterbacks of the future. The regular season is over. We've barely given uh, the Chiefs their flowers. Um, but it's time to talk about drafts. It's time to talk about quarterbacks at the top. It's time to talk about Caleb versus Drake May versus Jaden Daniels. And I got to tell you right now. Um, I'm making the cutoff at those three because with Michael Penix, the injury history worries me. J.J. McCarthy, no one can show me the film of this promise they promise is there, and I'll be good and goddamn if I believe in Bo Nix. Those are the reasons those three aren't in here. I don't blame you for cutting them off at three. Um, I'll be real with you. I, I would cut it off at two as someone that has watched. No one believes in Jane Daniels but me. This is fine. No, 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 no. No, I'm with you on Jaden Daniels. Who are you cutting? Drake May. You just seen too much. You've been you've been overexposed. <laughs> I've seen way too much. You've seen too much. I've... Let's start with Drake May then. So Drake May, UNC, good quarterback, like very good quarterback, working with very bad surroundings, particularly this last season. Um, I think he's one of those guys where he gets to a place where they think that they can develop him. I think that this is going to be a good case of if he goes to a bad team, it's not going to go well. But if he can slip and slide to a mediocre team, it could be pretty good. If he goes to a place with an infrastructure built around developing him, he could be fine. But those things are few and far between. Tell me your take on Drake. Drake is a really good quarterback that had a lot more NFL skill talent than I think we like kind of acknowledge. I think, again, him and Josh Downs are very, very good. I believe that he can be – I'm kind of with you on the – Put him in some structure, but if you send him to Washington, oh, that's that's doomed to fail. That's that's doomed to fail. I mean, you put him in. No, I think I, I would no. also I, like New England and Washington. If he's there, he is doomed to fail. If you put him somewhere, if he happens to slide to like five, six, where the Giants are, hey, he might succeed. There might be enough there. But if you're telling me that he's New England Patriot quarterback, Drake May. Yo, this is this is asking for another situation because I think he's barely better than Mitch Trubisky, and I like and and I just feel like that he is your you know we, how we always have these stat, advanced stats win above replacement quarterback. Right, right, Drake right. May is Drake May is that replacement quarterback? Okay, that, and that's a fine take. Let's talk about Jaden Daniels, who I thought. I think watching him improve so much in those four years with such inconsistent coaching 
is what gives me the most hope for him. Um, rocket arm. He probably plays a little bigger. I think he has to learn he can't take the hits, but I think Anthony Richardson's been very instructive in that, hopefully. Um, I'm a big Jane Daniels guy. I think personally, depending on where he lands, I'm I'm actually afraid for everyone's in Washington because I do not believe in Cliff Kingsbury. I think that's the biggest thing I've come to when I'm looking at these three quarterbacks. I think that Jaden Daniels needs a place that's going to, to tailor things for him. And I think that five years ago it wouldn't have happened. But with the successes, success, excuse me, of Lamar, of 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 Patrick, it seems like people are looking for the next one of that. When you realize you're never going to find that. But I think that they'll be more forgiving of a Jane Daniels now than they would have been years ago. No, I absolutely agree with you on that. But I also, I'm kind of of the mind, you got to Jordan love that kid. You got to yeah. give oh, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to give him a year. I, I think if you draft him, you're, you've already signed a, not necessarily an Andy Dalton, but you've signed like a Mitch Trubisky to take the hits for you to figure out your own line, to get him to figure it out. And you start him week eight, week nine, give him as much time as you can to learn all this stuff in the playbook, learn mm-hmm. all these different nuances, have someone to teach him and and put a hope lot for, of hope for a late bye week. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. you throw him out there. But I don't think he's one of those guys. I don't think you start. You let him like unless he lights it up in a way you do not see coming in preseason. He's the guy that you know what we're going to sit. We're going to learn. We're going to have we're going to Jordan love the kid. Make sure that he gets 12 weeks of just intense on the job training and then by the time that that comp when, when it comes to start him then then he's good to go and we're not having to play yo-yo with this kid and play with his confidence let's talk about caleb a player who i don't think improved one iota over the last three years um that's my biggest worry for caleb that no matter where he goes he's going to be a day one starter and they're going to ruin him because yeah. i think i think he can be coached i think he'd be coached very well i think that he's coachable but I don't think he's gotten the quality coaching that he's needed or had the support system around him. And if he goes to a Chicago where they're going to have to probably jettison uh, uh, um, old buddy. What's my name? What's my man's name? Justin Fields. Fields. Justin Fields. They have Jettison Justin Fields. And so you're asked not only – your immediate comparison's right there. Yeah. And it's going to be big because it's going to be a franchise betting on you. And he knows that. And I don't know if that's a fair thing to ask of – a rookie. And I don't know if he's been put in a position to succeed under that situation. And uh, yeah. for all the outlandish talent, for all the arm talent, for all the arm angles and all the things, this is a copycat lead and people saying with one breath, Mahomes is one of a kind. And with the other breath, let me find the next Mahomes. Like, I think we may have talked ourselves into a problem with Caleb. The thing is like, I can, I don't understand comparing Mahomes because Again, Mahomes is one of one. Jordan, he's Jordan. Like, like there's, there's no, but like we can find other comps for him, right? Like, if he's, if he's beige, Joe Burrow, is that the worst thing in the world? Joe Burrow cannot say healthy. Well, true, true, but also you see where I'm going with this, like the arm talent, but the arm talent, like all these things, like the mentality and all of that, like. If he's if he's a tier two quarterback, like if he's tier two, and I and again for like me and you, we we look at these tiers a little bit differently. Like mm-hmm. Mahomes is one of one. Tier two starts after Mahomes. 
if he's somewhere in that, he's got tier two talent. So if he's there, like that's not the worst thing, but you got to cultivate it. And you're right. I don't trust Chicago to do it. But at the same point, he's one of the most gifted quarterbacks we're going to see for quite a little bit because there's no one really impressing me in next year's class either. So if you're going to get a quarterback, this is the year to get it. It's just, can you bring it out of them? And ladies and gentlemen, first round quarterback, Carson Beck. Um, Let's talk about Carson's favorite target from last year, the tight end, Rock Powers, because it's been it's very rare for a player in that position to go in the first round. And if you look at some of the way he'd be paid to be slotted in a top 10 pick, it's above what you would franchise pay a tight end. It's a lot of money. But if I look at the last four teams in the league this year, they all had a standout tight end who could threaten the scene when everyone's playing these two shells. People are overthinking Carson. Uh, people are overthinking that mutant. That man got hurt. <laughs> and how close was he to like actually playing? Very like, close. Like, like, think about that. That mutant he's a, he's was a monster. Close. I got, but I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Like, I'm trying to be the non, but yeah. It's, no, he's no, a, you if can't. you can get Brock Bowers, draft Brock Bowers. Yeah, it's like, this is ridiculous. Like, there's a part of me that's that's like, because, again, I'm watching Carolina, and they're talking about drafting with 33. Now, the whole time I'm like, give Bryce Young, Brock Bowers, figure out the rest. It's very, very simple. You can live with Adam Thielen as your number one if you have Brock Bowers as your tight end. You can figure some stuff out. You can get creative. But, yes, go get Brock Bowers. He is probably the best non-quarterback weapon in this draft. Oh, for sure. And he should be a top 15 pick, and people are going to overthink it because of the salary slot. I just think it's wild that we're here now. I, like, I think for years, you and I have joked about him, what was going to happen when he got drafted, and now we're about to see something crazy because they're going to pay him. Like, they're so, if he's going to get someone fired, they don't take him. I know that for a fact. Yeah. It, it, like, look, think about Sam Laporta. Think about, again, we've seen what Sam Laporta did with Ben Johnson and that Detroit mm-hmm. Lions offense. Now multiply that by three, because that's what Brock Bowers is. People are going to hear NFL guys like, I never expected this from Brock Bowers. And just SEC fans and people who watch cultural are like, shut up. Just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, they're going to be like, where did this Brock Bowers? Did they overthink Brock drafting Brock Bowers? N- not in the top five. Like, we're going to get those pieces. It's so clear it's going to happen when Brock Bowers th- – I'm thinking about it like – now. We're going to, I hate to ask you this, but I have to. What do you think is going to end up being the more egregious thing? Randy Moss falling all the way to Minnesota or Brock Bowers probably ending up drafted around 18 because draft think is going to take over. It's, it's Randy Moss. It's Randy Moss, but it's close, but it's close. It could be close. It's Randy Moss. Yes. It could be close, but until more data's arrived, it's raining more. Fair. I'm not hesitating. Fair. Um, let's talk about cultural for a second here. Preliminary injunction in Tennessee <laughs> prohibiting the NCAA from punishing anyone for NIL through a recruiting process or in the transfer portal. Are we done uh, here? No, we're not done because you know what's going to end up happening. I can I can I can see it now. 
when the new collective, when the Champions League of college football is brought, when we have just the big, big 10 in the SEC conferences left, and then everyone else is just group of five conferences. Um, I'm going to be real with you. I, I, I think we're not done. They're going to try and do something involving contracts where they're going to try and make these guys employees and sign them to wrap a lot like contracts. And that's going to get, again, thrown out of the courts. We're not done, but the NCAA as a whole, um, they ain't got no other recourse. Like, like, we're, like they, we, don't, we have, they don't give out preliminary injunctions unless they know how they're going to rule. That's true, too. I think it's very fun and very interesting. And, uh, yeah. Um, real quickly, I've got a top five missed teams in NCAA mm-hmm. 25 just because oh, the last man. 10 years have been fantastic. How many of them are Georgia? One. Just one? Yeah. Okay. I spread the wealth. Okay. Number five, the 2023-24 Michigan Wolverines because I think <laughs> it'd be funny to play with a team that didn't have its coach not 50% of the time. <laughs> sure. I think every time you loaded the game, it had a different coach. Yeah, well, you just flip, flip the coin. <laughs> Jeez. Do we have the Sharon Moore post game? Do we have the post game montage? Like, do we have the, him crying? Uh, oh again, yeah, that's a feature. That's that's okay. that's if you, if you win with the replacement coach, that's what you get. Yes. Okay. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> like reptile and Mortal Kombat <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um. The Ohio State team, uh, Ohio State team, two years ago. Oh yeah, oh yeah, with um, with Stroud and the, and the son of the kid who, again, the son of the and, guy who shall and, not be named. Yes, that guy. Yeah, that team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's my number four team. My number three team. It's got to be the Bama team that beat Georgia in the national game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tua, J- Tua uh, and Hurts. Like, yeah. Tua Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Jameson um, Williams. My number two team is the Georgia team that hmm, Molly Lop to see you. Perfect football. And my number one spot is the 2019 LSU Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, a cheat code. Like, that's a video that's game a che- you can get to play with, man. I am jealous. <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> oh. I want throwback teams in this game. <laughs> Man, can, can, can we be real here? Because that's like having the Warriors. That 2019 LSU team, if I saw that team and someone's picking that team, hey, yo, I'm logging out. Like, I'm not, no, 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 no. I do think that it's team sad was that now when I pick Georgia, people will think I'm cheating. I'm like, no, I've been, in, I've been doing this since Georgia's in the 20s, kids. I rock with this team. When I was beating people with David Pollock and David Green, they would come to my room and I would play Georgia fight songs on Winamp and Larry Munson calls. Because if you're playing in my room, <laughs> oh, you're wow. playing on the road. Like it was, I was gonna make it an environment. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I was, I was very, very good at that game. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I just hope that the ultimate team doesn't rip. Every, everyone's gonna be playing ultimate no, team. No, 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 no one's playing that. Stop it. Stop it. We'll talk about a sport that just kicked off pitchers and catches have arrived. And the only way to get me to talk about your sport is not the rule changes. Sorry, it's naked players. <laughs> that, uh, for those of you who don't know, baseball decided to try to cheap out on the uniforms this year. And they ended up with see-through uniforms. Like, not kind of see-through. Like, you can Absolutely. tell the religion on some of these guys. 
just at a first glance, just like on a baseball card. Like it's not like you have to hold up to a light or, or no, it's just really no. cheap material. And I don't know what they're gonna do. No, they're they're not gonna do anything because that like well, actually, no. Did you see that the uh Royals? Well, no, you didn't see this, but the Royals broke this. out last year's broke out last year's uniforms for spring training already. We're gonna see a whole lot of that. But it's We're also those... in the middle of, of, of players of, of, of union yeah. negotiations. Yeah. And this is the most powerful union in American sports. I won't ever if you listen to nothing else I say today. Yeah. The yeah, baseball union is so overwhelmingly powerful. Please understand that. It's one of my the, it, it's they 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 hand it to everybody. They hand it to everybody. It doesn't matter. Tom Brady taking team friendly deals for years. Was people saying that he was looking out for his team, motherfucker? That's a bad union man. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a bad union man. You're 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 artificially holding down wages for the rest of your union brothers. Yeah, exactly. This is you how have a responsibility with- to maximize your contracts as a union man. You have that responsibility to the other players who came before you and who came after you. Come after you. To, this is how we end up with Kirk Cousins, really good union man. Union superstar Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Union superstar. <laughs> <I hate you. laughs> Come on, is, you brought it up. You opened the door, this is, this and is then we an, an unintended endpoint from that. Mm, that's like you tip over that one. That's the meme with the with the one domino leading to a bigger yeah. domino. Yes. Yeah, that was uncalled for. I, I need to we'll edit that out or something. Um, yeah, I no, do no, think. No. I do think I don't add it. I'm just kidding. I do think <laughs> that it's interesting that the year after they finally fixed baseball and like they cut down the, the length of the game and they're actually like you could sit through a baseball game in two hours and like oh shit like they, they kind of sped it all up. They had to resort to gimmicks again to get people interested. That's sad. Yeah, but here's the thing: they're they're just ahead of the curve on the gimmicks. Like that's the thing between that and then on top of that, just. Like the bigger thing I meant the about gimmicks, I meant the gimmicks being naked players. Yeah. yeah, no, the gimmicks are yeah, gimmicks. Well, the sad part is now, like, and this is where I guess we can get into the just fanatics and Nike ruining uniforms as a whole. Yes. Because late stage capitalism does kill everything, kids. Look, at the end of all the things we end up talking about, guess what it comes down to? Someone in a suit decided they could save money doing things differently. And guess what? That's just not true. It's not true. And so it's hard to navigate this. So I want to talk about something that's easy to navigate, at least for you and I. College basketball, court storming. <laughs> and for the first time in my like, – I'm about to defend Cam Newton and a Duke basketball player on one podcast. Put this one in fucking under gold. Like, this is ridiculous. Because oh, – I'm glad I'm here for this one. I'm so glad I'm here for this. I don't watch college basketball now. I don't give a shit. I don't yeah. – particularly about the men's game. I really don't give a shit. Can't name two of them. However, was it Wake Forest knocking off Duke? Yeah, Wake Forest knocking off Duke in the four o'clock window, and it, and the court. Don't act like these games coming at a certain time. They just happen. It doesn't matter when they happen. Don't do they, they come, sir. I have to pay attention to when these windows hit. Don't you know what my day job is? If I was, this is like me. No, I'm not gonna. Fine. Yes, the games matter. Whatever. Let's keep going. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Four o'clock window, Wake Forest knocks off Duke. Was Duke ranked at the time? Duke was ranked number eight. Number eight was Wake Forest ranked? 
Wake Forest was not ranked, but they were a four-point okay. favorite. They were a four-point favorite because of the ACC and it's nuts. They yes. beat Duke. Was it a was it a win at like a last second win? Was it a buzzer beater? No, what was the circumstance? It was a four. It was a four, oh, a four point point. comfortable a comfortable push, if you would. Yeah, comfortable push. And so the kids from the stands on the event of this push storm the court, beating a top ten team. Let's. I'm going to play both sides a little bit more than I actually feel. Mm-hmm. Because let's say these kids are Wake Forest lifers. They're not just people who are giving this institution a bunch of money for a couple of years. They actually care. And they wanted to celebrate with their classmates, teammates. I don't know. They wanted to demonstrate how part of this is I wasn't raised a fan, Adam. I don't I don't get this. This is part of the fan that I'll never understand. Yeah, because and I mean this sincerely, fans storming the court. You didn't do anything. Yeah, no, that's that's about right. Like, here's okay. the thing. Here, here's like, and I'm gonna come down on this a little bit harder than I normally do, because quite literally, when you hurt, like these, and me and you have had these conversations before. NIL has changed everything. Mm-hmm. These programs, these players now, like this is Duke and. Private again, private money and Nike money all making one giant confluence to make sure that all these kids are well compensated. To be fair, I it always know. was. To be fair, it always know. was. Okay. But it, but 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 now you can't necessarily punish these kids for it, which is the important part. These this is, Kyle Falipowski at minimum is a two hundred and fifty, like a quarter million dollar investment. At what point? Does and and, the, and again with court storming, at what point does one of these NIL collectives that either sees a court storm or a field storm, and the guy that they've invested almost a quarter of a million, maybe even a half million dollars into, decides, you know what, like, and that that athlete gets injured, at what point does this collective start suing these stadiums and these schools for this money? Because hey, this is money that we invested that we lost, and hey, this man, was not. Guess what? Because guess what? If what's the young man's name? Kyle Filipowski. I can't pronounce that. If Kyle, yes, had hit him with the um Lariato, yes, or the big it would have been way funnier, but the lawsuits would have already been filed, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like okay. that's where we're headed with that's where we're headed. Where were these NIL collectives? That are already basically fan money. It's none of the TV revenue yet, yet. Keyword. Um, but there's not employees yet. They're not employees. Yeah, they're yet, not employees. Clear yet. Word. Yeah, but at the same point, like these collectives are going to start suing for yo. You just your your lack of security, your lack of preparation, costs us quarter million dollars. And then the the kids start suing because don't let Filipowski have a t- t- torn ACL on this. Because I'm suing Wake for lost wages in this draft. Yeah. Damn if I got insurance. Like yeah. all of that. Like, like there's it's there's it's no a way. lot more serious than I think people want to make it. There's a lot more levels to it than people want to say because more people watching empathize with the fan experience. And that's cool and that's great. And I'm glad you had that experience, but sports are not about you. They're or not better yet. They they stopped being about you 20, 30 years ago, if I'm being conservative. 
No, the, the second, the second, the institution you're sports not being fun for me when I was in about tenth grade. Football, particularly wrestling, was always kind of fun. Football not being fun in tenth grade. I get that because I mean, like a hundred, like there's fun moments. I'm not saying it was torture, but like the the idea I'm doing this with my friends because it's fun. That's out the window for me in tenth grade, and that was 25 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Like I enjoy, I'll, I'll say this. I and this goes into a whole other thing because I understand where sports stopped being fun. I enjoy the analytical stuff. I, I enjoy breaking it down to a science. It's why I listen to the stuff I do. It's why I do the do the things I do. But very much so, like the joy and all that, and the court storming and the, all the pageantry. Yo, that that I'll be real with you. It never stuck with me. It never. And, I, and maybe that's something I'm missing in part of the, the fan experience, but I don't think so. And I think that it's very interesting to see because this isn't the first person to be Caitlin Clark, the biggest story in the world as far as women's college basketball is concerned. She was injured. Was the Ohio State game? That was the Ohio State upset. Okay. Yeah, where the fan ran right into her and right, right my, into her. Yeah, like and so I'm like, now we've getting a pattern. And so storm a field. Like maybe, just maybe, like. There's five of them out there. There's 2,000 of you guys. Great. If there's 100 or 55 or however many you want to put on a travel squad from a football team, and you're impeding their ability to leave the playing field and their safety, and they feel threatened, like you might get some kids mashed out, particularly as these kids are more emboldened as you're entering alcohol in the equation as you enter into stadiums, and as these schools and NIL collectives are funded by gambling money. You're raising the stakes for everyone and lowering the level of preventable incidents. Does it end with someone getting shot because they blew a bet? Yes. Does that I mean does that yeah, stop it? Does it end with someone getting getting knifed for missing a free throw? And yeah, I'm being a little hyperbolic here, but that's the logical endpoint of this. And in case you're wondering, we do live in the worst timeline where we get to those endpoints. I, it's one of those situations, and I completely agree with you, where the heightened state of basically waves hands ev everywhere. <laughs> like, at some point, like, these things are can and will happen, and it's on these schools to start doing this. Like, think about where we are in terms of the gambling timeline. Or better yet, if you want to see what the gambling timeline is going to look like, go look at the British. Uh, go look, look at the Brits. They're like, we're like five years behind them in terms of the timeline. All of that, like, we're going to have meetings before Congress on all this stuff. And the gambling aspect is the one aspect I really didn't think about, but you're absolutely right about, is that this is going to get uglier before this gets better. And we may be headed to, and dare I say this, empty arena games, which would, the wrestling fan in me would love that. The wrestling, like the wrestling fan, the Terry Funk fan in me would love that. The 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 producer in me would utterly hate it because you then then you have to pump in crowd noise, do all this stuff. But we're headed there because these kids don't know how to act, and unless you're going to arrest them all, which again, campus security, good luck. But unless you're unless you're planning on doing something like that, and I, I don't know, I don't know. But I think we're headed to a very dark timeline, like you pointed out. Um, let's get out of college basketball because March Madness is coming, and that's going to be your life for a while, buddy. Um, 
Let's tip our toe in some NBA. The Clippers unveiled their logo today. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Okay. I want to say this first. I love a top-to-bottom rebrand. They needed one. Um, thought was put into this. Effort was put into this. Money was put into this. Why is your Why is your ship in the crosshairs? Why am I shooting at? Well, I don't. The Clippers, the boat, right? The boat's the Clipper. That's what a Clipper is, right? It's supposed to be a compass, but they did it so poorly. It looks like it lo- looks like crosshair. Yeah, it does. Okay. All right. I just want to make my little note there. Mar- Marvel killed off the Punisher for a reason, y'all. That's why we got rid of the cross. That's why we got rid of the crosshairs. Whew, just, just checking. Um, Doc Rivers watch five and seven with the Bucks. AG was thirty <laughs> and thirteen. It's just I'm just keeping track of this because. And Doc just keeps making it worse with every press availability. Hey man, can I say this? Who also isn't helping? Oh. Austin. Man, look, he's not. I mean, he's got to say something. It's his daddy. I get it. He got to speak. Yeah, but every article I can't read can't be the lone media voice defending Doctor Rivers is coincidentally also last name Rivers. Coincidentally, also had his career extended by his daddy getting him a check at the end of it. Like, come on now, I've seen these movies, and yeah, a lot of players say a lot of things about Doc. None of it nice. No, some of them say nice things. Paul and KG say nice things. Well, 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 well. Kendrick says nice things. Hold on, hold on. One of those, Paul and KG is crazy, and the other is Paul Pierce. Agreed. I I didn't say that they were very – that KG went on a podcast this week and said LeBron James is on that Balco. No one believes anything KG says. I I, I just wanted to say that they've said it. Yes. Um, um, Perkins loves Doc because he gave him the confidence to be – to steal a bunch of money from Oklahoma City. Um, Oh, well. And the CAA connection. Don't forget that. Look, that's and that's why Doc's so beloved. He's CAA. He he's he shares agency with a lot of the people who's covering him. He does the mm-hmm. thing I made fun of last week, where he makes the positive. That's a great question. You must know ball, and then lies to your face. And then if something goes wrong, he blames every player. Yeah. And those are not like criticisms. Those are actual factual things you can say about him. And the fact that this evolves into this thing where I've now got a Doc Rivers watch in my notebook and I have to listen to Austin Rivers, who I could have sworn I was done with in my life. I could have sworn the last time <laughs> I got out of his name, I'll never hear again. Austin fucking Rivers. And lo and behold, here we are. Nope. Nope. Like, yo, the funny thing is, and like, I know you might have talked about this before, but the one skill Doc has. And he probably got it from like being around the Hawks and everything in the 80s and 90s and everything. He knows how to talk to white people and he knows how to make them feel comfortable. And he <laughs> he you also know is. you know why that is. Yes, I do. Yes, I Doc do. plays a lot of golf. Yes. Doc fell in love with golf when he was in Atlanta. And I honestly don't be- like I believe that he said, Oh, getting back in the court, let's restoke the fire. Sure. But I'm sure you missed tea times too, buddy. Of course, because you it, there's only so much golf you can play in retirement, or when you only have to work one or two days a week. Well, to be fair, that was I didn't realize this. He he'd been with a team for the last 25 years. That was his first start of a season. He was not on a bench in a quarter century. That's pretty amazing. That yeah. The, then when you think about but it that like speaks that. to that speaks to his charisma and his ability to connect with people who sign checks because we've watched him lose players in locker rooms, and I hope it doesn't happen here because. 
he's not good. We're not bringing you here, Doc, to build a culture. They did that in Philly. They did that in LA. They did that in Boston. We're bringing you here to tweak what we've got and push it over a hump. And barring that one season in Boston, I don't know how much home moving there is. Well, in his remember that toolbox. That remember. Think about who was on that staff that one year in Boston. Those two years in Boston where he went to the finals and Tibbs went to the finals. Tibbs. It's largely Tibbs, but it was Tibbs. It's largely Tibbs, but you got to remember that's a lot of that's a lot of coaching power. But Tibbs he, plus Doc actually makes a lot of sense why it worked. Actually, hearing it, yeah, hearing exactly. it out loud, like, oh, okay, yes, they 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 helped each other because where they were strongest, the other was weakest. Like that's kind of it's like a it's that's a tale I would read my son before bed. Like that's a good story. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. how Tibbs and Doc saved Boston and got them the one ring, one of very few rings in my lifetime. I mean, um, that, that's the fairy tale Tony Khan hopes to tell with him and Mercedes. So we'll talk about that very shortly. Um, <laughs> Atlanta's going to lose Trey Young. Uh, I've heard the LA rumors. I'm really going to miss Trey Young. I'm just going to say it out loud. Um, I have the note here. We're talking about some other time about the podcast and NBA players. Uh, again, um, I love yeah. some of them. Who did I say earlier? Jeff Teague, uh, Jeff Teague is, yeah, that man's a storyteller. Yes, that man paints pictures with words. The rest of you, he's a, listen. D, fun story. We tried to get him for CBS. We were just. Too I late. hope so. We, we were just too late. The thing about it is, and I explain this to everyone. So I did the sports. I was a sports agent before I did everything else. I was a sports agent out of college, and this was always my ranking of like interesting people. Interesting athletes. Football player is the most fun to talk to because they had to spend three years on the college campus. They're generally the most well-rounded, generally people who have interests outside their sport. Basketball players are generally worldly, if not book smart, because they've been traveling since they were about 11. All over the country, in some cases, the world playing basketball, interacting with a lot of people, and being that culturally kind of a sponge of that age educates you and grows you up some. Hockey players are awesome because from a very young age, they're told their only worth in life is to drink and play and play hockey. And they don't find that limiting in any way, shape, or form. They find it very defining, and I love that about them. And it's free. That, that structure is free. And baseball players, well. <laughs> the less said, the better. They are taken at 17 and said, go hit balls and screw townies. And that's what they do until they die. Yeah. Which yeah. is why, if you're going to have podcasts, let's listen to football. <laughs> I just, the basketball ones, it just feels like, it feels so messy. Like, the football ones are always like, hey, man, coach. They have the, the common enemy of the coach or the system or the game itself. They talk about, like, uh, uh, what was it? Or politics. Politics. Or, uh, uh, Cam Chancellor broke. <laughs> A Gronk's chest by hitting him in the back, and they're just talking about how hard Jane Chancellor hit you. Like, that's a great story. All the stories in the NBA, they just feel messy. They just feel messy. And I don't know if there's like, it feels like wrestling because unless you're going to end this in the ring, why are we doing it? Unless this ends with a match, why are we having these arguments? Listen, do you, do you understand like what these NBA podcasts have effectively done for us is and is just basically ruined the facade that men don't gossip. 
No like, one ever had the Vasaba men. No one believes it but men, but delusional. That, that's true, too. That is true, too. But that was like that veil got ripped off with this. Men, like, they ain't no denying eight year old decisions on college. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Like, think about it like this. This was like what NBA podcasts have done is the Brock Lesnar John Cena SummerSlam match of just killing facades. Should we say that name? Well, I did. I'm okay. I think I'll. <laughs> All right. Um, you're right. They killed the facade. They killed kayfabe. It is the curtain call in Madison Square Garden. It is Hulk Hogan sitting in the middle of a ring in TNA saying kayfabe is dead. Um, it's Hulk Hogan again, actually, in WCW at the end of Bad Blood pay per view, taking the, the sling or the finger poker doom. He killed kayfabe a lot. Anyway, um, that's it for like the traditional sports of the show. I'm going to talk to Nat now about. The Road to WrestleMania, Elimination Chamber, and the fact that WWE 2K24 is about to drop. Where do you want to start, my friend? Let's just start with the fact that Rhea Ripley is a star and she can work with anybody because that match with Nia Jax was better than it had any right to be. First of all, Nia Jax has improved. Yeah. She was in spots. She was in place. Nothing looked like a lot of wrestling is about timing and pacing. And she was always a step too slow or a step too early. And it felt like she really, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen out of her. Full stop. Dance partner, Rhea Ripley, look, y'all. Hey, um, if you want us to come, if you want WWE to come to your country, have one in your country make it ridiculously over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to the point where we have to move a major pay-per-view to air at 5 o'clock in the morning on the Eastern Coast. <laughs> what time did you watch it? Because I didn't get to it until literally Sunday. I have a six-month-old. I watched it about 6.15. Man. I was about an hour behind. Man, you know what? I am jealous of you. Because I, I, no, I woke up and I forgot. I, I was cooking eggs watching wrestling. It was actually pretty cool. It was nice. Not going to lie. Um, Yeah. Fantastic event. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the women's chamber was awesome. Um, Tiffany yeah. Stratton is going to make them so much money. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. Like, Think about it like this. Tiffany Stratton is the natural foil for Bianca Belair and Jade Cargill. They are going to make so much money. And Rhea. And Rhea. Yeah. Dog, Tiffy time versus Rhea? That's true. Like, and think about it like this. There's more because, like, Sean Michaels going through the Instagram pages to Stop look for it. these athletes. See, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna cut you off right now, sir. You know, right. You Michael know Hickenbottom. Right. Michael Hickenbottom would never. He's saved. That's true. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, I'm gonna use this for a second. The vehicle you opened here to talk about a young lady who's not coming back to WWE, who is headed to All Elite Wrestling, who is debuting, I believe, either this week or next. Uh, in, in her hometown in Boston. I'm talking, of course, about Mercedes Monet, FKA Sasha Banks. I am legitimately concerned. You. <laughs> hey, man. I, w- I, I don't watch Dynamite every week because I just can't. But I went through and I was like, oh, one woman segment. That sounds good. Like, it just, I don't know. I hope they've got a plan in place because I've said this and I got in trouble today. I had to get, get a DM from someone I, someone I respect. Mm-hmm. I said that the more I look at AEW, the more I'm thinking, hey, man, the business always needs a money mark. 
And I always need someone they can just take money from. And when Jeff Jarrett's wife is drawing a check and Jeff Jarrett has finagled himself into a VP position to get benefits. Yeah. And they're paying Nick Wayne's mama. And they're paying Kodobushi. And they're paying Kota Ibushi, who I'm not sure can stand. Oh boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of money market shit happening. And the fact yeah. that, and I want to get this title right, that Jeff Jarrett is your VP of business development. I'm sorry, what? Hold on. Oh, Jeff Jarrett, this, who has a TNA, who couldn't draw a dime in a coloring book, oh, is in charge of business development. And that means separate this fool from his money as expeditiously as possible. Wait, ho, ho. Like, do we remember all the money problems with TNA? No, you're thinking about Global Force. We had gold for that. Anyway. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> let's talk back to the event. Fantastic main event. Fantastic opener. Yeah. Things in the middle. How'd that land for you? What did you think of the men's chamber match? I'm glad we still have Randy. Randy and Logan Paul is going to be awesome. Um, I'm wondering what they're going to do with that Intercontinental Championship. No, no, I'm sorry, the U.S. title. I do wonder about that because I thought that was – I thought we were headed to Braun Breaker versus Logan Paul. We're not getting that. We're get, clearly getting Randy, Logan Paul. Um, the L.A. night buzz is close, is slowly fizzling, but I, it's kind of to be expected. And quite literally, like, I – I think they gave it to the right guy because Drew's been on fire, man. Drew's been Drew on has... fire. I thought it was a great ending to that match. I do think it's interesting that you're saying that the LA night has fizzled some because one of the beautiful things about WWE, and I think we're seeing it right now as we're talking, I'm not watching Raw, but I know Shinsuke and, Sin, and Sammy Dana wrestling. Um, once you're at that level, they possess a unique ability to reheat you at any time. Because all we got to do is remind the fans why you got there. That's true, too. It took them two weeks of Nia Jax flattening people to be like, oh, this bitch is crazy and dangerous. Yeah, that's true, too. It, like they, they did take, the, it took a bunch to do it. Once you're there, it's like, oh, we got, like, it, I feel like, with, I feel like uh, uh, Hunter sees, like, oh, all right, oh, okay, let's put that in the back pocket and just save that for when we want to use it later. Are we going to, no, you're not going anywhere. We're not going to, and I think that's one of the big changes in booking having him in charge is that. Once he has someone on a level, he doesn't feel a need to cut him down. No, it's it, uh, like you're gonna hang at this level, and when we need you, Bailey. Yes. Or we want to, AJ. Every move you make will be heightened by the way we present that move. It's it really is booking for the 21st century. I never thought it's, like it, it's so like advanced, and there's there are gonna be classes on this because. The bloodline stuff, even if Triple H didn't have much to do with it, is Emmy worth Emmy worthy stuff? They're actively using the dirt sheets against themselves. It's so much fun to see it too. It's and so then, much like, fun to, to watch. The fact that Nelter has no connects in the locker room right now is hilarious. No one, like no one, like Sean. Sean Sapp does, but it's not much. Like no, no one knows they're getting anything. what they want to get. They're getting well. They've been talking about a triple threat. They're they're getting things that work towards the meta story they're telling. And if, the, if and if what I think is happening is happening, where they're actively working the sheets, hold on to your fucking hats, kids, because it's going to be a very fun next couple of years. Yeah, it, and it's just 
I like I knew that when the old man who deserves to rot in hell uh, mm-hmm. went away, it would get interesting. I never thought it'd be this interesting. Never. I knew it'd be life. interesting. I didn't know it would be good. And I think that yeah. was the big shocker for me. Uh, before we get out of here, are you ready to commit to getting WWE 2K24 pre-ordering it tonight? You know I am. As soon as I, I get off this podcast. For me. Um, I already got mine pre-ordered. I'm very excited for it. Um, before I go, I do want to tell you a story from my wedding. So, yes. at my wedding, beautiful wedding, lovely wedding, had a great time. But the music was weird. We had gone through and cultivated and, and, and curated a playlist. It's still on my Spotify. And it was like a mixture of our music. It was beautiful. Yeah. But it wasn't playing. Oh, no. And someone was like, hey, man, what is like? Hey, man, I am trying to shit. Talk to Susan. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell my wife what's wrong on her wedding. Yet. You must be crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> you want to start a fight? Sure. Why not? I'm going to poke this bear. Absolutely not. And so eventually <laughs> she went to the DJ and was like, hey. Can you make sure you use the playlist we gave you? And he said to her, what playlist? Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, we almost lost DJ that night. End of the night, we had one song we wanted to hear at the very end. It was Kryptonite by uh, Killer Mike and the... Uh, yeah, yeah, Purple Rebel All-Stars. Yes, and uh, I said to the man, I said, can you please play Kryptonite? And he said, by three doors down, I said, don't do that. <laughs> My wife will stab you. And that's how I say that it is life twice in one night. It's very impressive by me. Now, man, tell everyone where they can find your stuff, brother. Well, we're, you can find me on Twitter at Not of the Scribe, and then also search on College Basketball. March Madness is coming, and because of that, I can tell you that we are not going to only cover the men's tournament, but we are also going to have a women's tournament talent Ooh. TBD. Um, I'm looking forward to this. This is one of my favorite months, despite the fact that I may average about three or four, three to three and a half hours of sleep. It's a great time. I can't wait to go. And we're going to have a lot of fun. It's not going to be the stodgy college basketball coverage that you're used to. We try to have a lot of fun with it. So please go check us out, YouTube, or wherever you're getting this podcast. Search on college basketball, and it'll be right there. Some of us subscribe and download every episode and don't listen. You can do that, too. Um, three and a half hours <laughs> of sleep at night. You know how much I'd kill for three and a half hours of sleep at night, you piece of... Um, that's your show. We'll be back later this week. There is no outro. See you guys later this week.